Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome back to the Wolverine Live. John Borton here with you and uh, my good friend, Tom Crawford. Uh, You know me from the Wolverine magazine, but you know Tom from all kinds of good places. Uh, Press pass on Sunday nights with Jack Ebling, Fox 47. He is also the creator of the Crawford Podcasting Network, which has all kinds of uh, great content from uh, a variety of uh, sources and uh, and different approaches to life. I enjoy that. But uh, when he comes on here, Tom Crawford is all about Michigan athletics and all about, in particular, Michigan football, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, despite the fact that it's not even June yet, Tom. You know we can <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, hey, there is you know the dog days of uh, June and July. We used to lament. Uh, no more. There's never anything uh, we're running out of to talk about with Michigan football, just by sheer anticipation and sheer just you know dissecting every little thing that could go right, could go wrong. Will go right, might go wrong. You know what I mean. And uh, I'm I'm super excited to be up uh, on on Wolverine Live, JB, with you every every Tuesday at five thirty to six fifteen. Well, I'll tell you what. When uh, when you look at what has happened the past two years, two wins over Ohio State, two uh, Big Ten championships, which isn't coincidental to what I just mentioned, and then two playoff appearances. You know, people can sit and listen about and talk about uh, Michigan football at length without any problem at all. I've experienced that. I know you have. I'm sure wherever you go, people are talking about what what's up with those Wolverines. They uh, they've got it going all of a sudden. Yeah, it's it's about polishing the rock. You know what I mean? And and part of that is this new era of transfer portal because there's still. Michigan's still entertaining the idea of getting a, a, a corner to come in here in the portal and uh, things that have happened in the summer in the past. And that's a position of need, I would say, that, you know, you know we've talked about that every every week. 
about that other corners slot off uh, uh, opposite of, of Will Johnson. So, uh, yeah, we're never short of, of uh, you know, kind of pondering what, what could be done to make this thing even better and uh, the anticipation building. Camps come up here. June is a big camp month in, in college football, and so you'll get 25 guys, you know, 20, 24, 25 guys zooming all around this, or all over the country, and there'll be more, uh, you know, expansion of, of recruiting classes, uh, in particular the 25 class. Uh, so, you know, junior days here and all this stuff, it's it's just, uh, it's just awesome. There's, you know, I'm, I'm just, it's a, it's a 52-week cycle, in my opinion. Yeah, and you're talking recruiting. When that happens, when you're in the recruiting cycle right now, uh, one of the things that's happening is Michigan diving back down into Ohio for recruits. And that's one of the – I want to go big Michigan-Ohio State tonight because it's on my mind. I just uh, completed a, a big blowout uh, Michigan-Ohio State football story for the Wolverine Magazine preview, which will be out in another month or so. Right. What you know, we had uh, Jed Donahue as a guest uh, last week on the program, and most people know him from PA Sports. Uh, he's covers Penn State for a living these days, but he is steeped in Ohio State. Uh, had an uncle played for Woody Hayes, and uh, grew up watching the Buckeyes. One of the things he said, and I will give away only one that came out of this article interview uh, is that he said, you know, that Michigan has got it going when they're going back into Ohio and pulling out Ohio based recruits. He, he started ticking them off and it, it was just, it was almost painful for him talking about Desmond Howard, you know, from the Cleveland area, Charles Woodson, the one that really hurt Fremont, Ohio and, and on and on. And he says, what what really galls Ohio State fans is when they see those Ohio men in Michigan uniforms killing Ohio State, and uh, Michigan fans like that. Yeah, and that's where the rivalry really gets sent. Uh, you know, uh, sensitive to everybody. It gets personal with everybody. I know we're going to talk a lot about the different aspects of Michigan Ohio State on this on our broadcast today, but um, yeah, and it's a whole foot, footprint. John, I mean, Michigan is 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 when you're talking about 25 recruits right now, they're they're in a the mix for uh, as well as obviously this incredible class in 2024. They're they're in the mix for just about going head to head with with everybody, and the the talent gap has 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 shrunk, and I think that's what keeping Ohio State people uncertain and nervous about things and losing two years in a row. Got to go back up, you know, the school got to go to the school up north. This coming November, late November, and and take on and you know, you know, you, you gotta you gotta just cringe at the, or they must cringe at the fact that God, could we drop three in a row to these losers? I mean, that's but that might be their mentality, uh, but it's but it's reality. It could, be, and I think it's gonna be reality. And uh, but first things first, we gotta we gotta get to the off season and all that other good stuff. Oh yeah, you're and talking including Big Ten Media Days, which is. Um, Less than two months away. It's uh, July 26th, 27th down in Indy, a Wednesday and Thursday. So that's when I'll use this shameless plug. When I get my first visual of the Wolverine of, of, of your uh, uh, preview magazine that you do, you guys and, and this entire staff, a superb job. It's the best. It is the best 
for Michigan football hard copy I've ever seen, ever. Well, thank you for that, as always, and uh, your appreciation for it and uh, promotion of it over the years has been uh, very welcome. And I know you're sincere about it because you yeah. wait um, uh, to get your hands on it and you devour it. I, I, I understand that. Appreciate it. You know, you're talking about the current concerns of Ohio State fans. I want to do a throwback to start this whole thing off on the former concerns about certain cadres of Michigan fans. And it was Jim Harbaugh comes in and starts talking about, you know, tough physical football, running the football. And it was in some quarters, um, and even with Brady Hoke before Jim Harbaugh, derisively called man ball. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the yeah. talk was – Oh yeah, they're just gonna plunge into the line. They don't. They, they, there's no way this is gonna work. This is the, these are the the uh, 21st century. You cannot do that. Look at Ohio State. They need to be like Ohio State. They'll never beat Ohio State unless they spread it out. And you're throwing the ball all over the field all the time. You know, forget this three yards in a cloud of dust. All that stuff. I know that goes against the uh, the core values of one Tom Crawford, but I, my my point is that these last couple of years, Tom, have changed that whole narrative that you have to throw it all over the field all the time to beat an Ohio State. Now Michigan can throw the ball. I mean, they've been able to throw the ball uh, to some degree ever since Anthony Carter showed up on campus under Bo, Bo Schembechler, but. They've ramped it up. With J.J. McCarthy, you're going to be able to throw the football. But this tough physical running game and toughness on defense, I, you know, it, it puts to rest for me the whole anti-quote-unquote man ball argument. You know, man ball to me is, not, is uh, not the spread, you know, not the five wide where you're flinging it all around, quick slants and all that stuff that you see a lot of teams over the years do. But it's it's a I'm I'm you know my whole creed in life is moderation. My I was that's the way I was brought up. Everything I'm kind of down the middle in a lot of things in life. Okay, moderation, a little bit, a little list, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and don't, don't go you know one one direction or another on 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 a, a solution to a problem, and I or a challenge there. So uh, I just think this offense that now that has evolved has, has man ball toughness. It's got great tight ends. It's got an incredible offensive line. It's got two backs, but you can still keep the defense on, on their heels by you can spread it without losing your manhood man ball thing. You know what I mean? You, you, I mean, think about the opportunities, John, of mm -hmm. throwing, the swing pass, if you will, uh, you know, to Donovan Edwards and, and, and Blake Corn. I mean, as as part of the whole blend, if you know what I mean, along with your off tackles, you know, and, and Carvin holds up the middle with Zach Zenner. And then, of course, you know, using, in my estimation, uh, with Roman Wilson leading the, leading the, 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 the charge, a underrated receiving core that I think is going to get better if that third that third guy steps up, you know, because I'm I'm kind of on Roman Wilson and CJ. But if you get a, a Darius Clemens, who that third guy you can always count on, who could be in the 25, 30 reception range plus, 
Then you got it all covered, and you got a great blend, uh, a little this, a little that, making this perfect recipe, and that's that's when you win national championships. There's no question. They can throw the ball around. They can uh, swing it out of the backfield. They can use the tight ends. They can do a whole lot of things. But where it starts, and I think this has come out, and the people that I've talked to talking about uh, Michigan-Ohio State, it starts up front. Michigan has dominated both lines of scrimmage in the last two Michigan-Ohio State games. And there, there is real man ball. There is controlling those lines and what that does. It puts pressure on the opposing quarterback. Yes, C.J. Stroud is an excellent quarterback drafted in the NFL. He's going to do good things. Uh, he threw for almost 300 yards uh, against Michigan, and yet – Michigan put a lot of pressure on him and picked off a couple of passes at key times and broke up some things. And on the other side of the football, we know what Michigan's offensive line has done two years in a row to the Ohio State defense. Enough two years ago to bring in a new defensive coordinator, and now that defensive coordinator is uh, trying to figure out how to close the hole over Zach Zinter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, th there's two areas now – Yes, I do delve in old videos from the Ohio State game of this past November, and there's a lot of end zone video clips. I don't know if you've seen them, because I'm, but I'm obsessed oh, yeah. with them. And uh, a couple in particular. One is the JJ, the keeper, the uh, the the keeper where you know he lays a shoulder. You know, that's in the short yard situation, right? Mm -hmm. That touchdown, much that was a big touchdown. The communication prior to that snap on that offensive line. You got a complete visual of that. You also had on the second Donovan Edwards touchdown, you had the same visual of the communication going on. And then all of a sudden the C parts. And, and that's where this offensive line is, is, you know, like the old days of Bo, you know, Bo Schimbeck were Jerry Hanlon days where it was, you know, five guys were acting in unison. It was like one guy. I mean, all five becomes one as a, and, and doing everything in sync. And I, that's where this offensive line is. And with all the returnees coming back, two great additions on that offense. Yeah, it's yeah. good. That's, that's the centerpiece, maybe, that, of a mall. That is the centerpiece, and that is a great development in terms of Michigan uh, in its ability to close out uh, the Buckeyes the last couple yes. of years. But I will say this, as impressive to me as what the offense has done, maybe more impressive is what the defense has done. And that's because where were they coming from? They were coming from giving up 62 points, 56 points to uh, to Ohio State. You got to 2020 and they didn't play the game. And it was almost, you know, Michigan fans quietly saying uh, that that might be okay, that, that Michigan isn't facing Ohio State in a year where they were two and four anyway and having all kinds of problems. Now, these last two years, all of a sudden, you import defensive coordinators from the Baltimore Ravens, or at least coached there at one point, and you've got this defense that doesn't leave guys uh, running free, doesn't leave guys uh, make breaking off these huge, enormous plays. Ohio State's going to make some plays, but you've got guys that are covering people, putting pressure, getting pressure on the quarterback without all-out blitzes and, and man coverage all the time and all these kinds of things. And I, I just am hugely impressed by a Michigan defense that 
you, you see Ohio State average 50 points all year long, 45 points all year long. They get to that game and they get half of that. That's a big deal in this series. Yeah, but the challenge is, John, I agree. You even you make some great points, but do keep in mind what happened in the Fiesta Bowl. And you're talking about you're having to blitz to get quarterback pressures and what that caused. That caught man oh man out there, you know, out in the out on an island and all of a sudden touchdown for TCU. And uh, you know, they they could never they they, they were not able to get control that game defensively. Okay. They kind of got back into it offensively. See, that's the next step. I mean, that's where I am a little guarded. I'm excited about this defense, mm-hmm. but I, I'm way, I'm, I'm way, I, I'm way more cautious in my, in my perception of where this team is going in 23 than I am on the offense. Okay. There's a defense against big time competition historically has folded like a cheap tent in some scenarios. Let's be real. I understand. And I think they took too many chances down the stretch against TCU and got burned for it. I will add a couple of uh, of counters to that. And one, as I talk to people, I um, Michigan's linebackers in that game were more nicked up than we really knew about. And they were thin there anyway. I think, Give them great credit for going out and uh, getting Ernest Hausman off of the Nebraska roster. They're going to have more depth and more talent, period, in the linebacking core. And also, you bear in mind, 14 of those points weren't given up by the defense against TCU. No, I understand. I get you 100%, Tom. A lot of yards, though. A lot of yards. Four hundred, you know, A lot, ton of yards, John. Right. But no question. My, my basic point was they've come so far against defending Ohio State. And they yeah. have, but there's still meat on the bone, room uh, to improve, and you point that out very well. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, here's, here's one that uh, I also encountered, and I'm not going to give away again, the the back and forth on this one but i found it interesting as we talked about i talked to various people about michigan ohio state the ohio state fan base as it turns out is a little bit torqued or maybe a little more than a little bit torqued about the flag planting at midfield by michigan afterwards they celebrated in columbus they celebrated like they hadn't won there since 2000 which oh by the way they hadn't and I, I think some of the Buckeye take on this is they've only won two years in a row that Ohio State dominated before that. They're, they're, they're way too cocky. Well, <laughs> I mean, what do you think about that? I, I, I won't comment. Okay. Uh, you, just, you run with this one. Well, this is the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's go back, you know, as far as antagonizing the opposition. Let's go back to the Buckeyes coming out of the tunnel in 1973, and John Hicks, the late John Hicks, tears down the banner that Bob Eufer about had a coronary about. I uh, you see the foot? Go check the YouTube footage of that. Mm-hmm. You know, as far that was before the game was even played. And let let's just go back as far as cocky and obnoxious behavior. How about the Ohio State fans coming into Ann Arbor? Good Lord, before and after the game. I mean, I know Michigan fans. Who, who choose not to go to the Michigan-Ohio State game when it's in Ann Arbor. Right. So I have right. to deal with all these clowns that come into Played town. Right in Ohio State's hands, by the way. What's that again? 
I said, which plays right into Ohio State's hands, by the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, well, this is exactly, you know, they want to bully their way, right? You know, bully you right out of the stadium is what they're, you know, they want, they want, there's a contingent that what that's over at the U course that comes across stadium drive. Well, you know, when they let the whole crowd go all at once, yep, you yep. know, at, at, and, and kind of right in front of Chrysler, maybe a little bit to the, to the east of that. And, and it's like, they're, they're singing, you know, don't give a damn of the whole stadium. I mean, they're just taunting people and they're bumping into people. They're trying to create by it, it's, it's obnoxious. So these people complaining about a freaking flag. You know what that is? That's the players reacting. I'm so tired of this crap. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I'm just tired of this. There you and go. I, you know, and I'm, I'm going to stick it to the, and that's, JJ doing the wave, you know, after the game. And that, that's not typically what JJ, but this is when it kind of gets to you after you've been dealing with all this crap and your fans have been dealing with all this crap and your parents go into the stadium and they and they need to have Washington County sheriffs around them to get to their seats that they import to protect the parents. I mean, we can go historically on this. That's why it's a pot oh. calling the cattle black. You and I can absolutely go historically. Let me add a couple of historical facts for you uh, in addition to the excellent points that you made. Uh, there's no record of any time when a Buckeye team came into town and were stopped outside Michigan Stadium to be <laughs> by bomb-sniffing dogs, yes. a la Michigan in the Trestle era down in Columbus. Yes. I mean, you want to talk about arrogance. You want to talk about an attempt at intimidation. There it is. And a second one that, to my knowledge, there has been never been a, uh, a Buckeye mom. In other words, the mother of a Buckeye player coming around Michigan Stadium being knocked to the uh, to the cement and uh, and Michigan fans trying to tear the uh, tear the jersey off of her, which happened to a Michigan mom. Right. Uh, years ago back down yeah. in uh, Columbus. So yeah. yeah, that uh I know that Ohio State fans are are plenty rankled over losing two in a row to Michigan. They weren't they they had gotten very used to something very different. Absolutely. But, uh they they may have to get used to something else. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll see. That's another topic for another day, but Jim Tressel, the aforementioned Jim Tressel, that yeah. had to resign in disgrace after lying to the NCAA and all that came out, said recently, uh, he, he almost repeated his 2001 statement about yeah. uh, the Toledo played, how uh, I, I think that uh, Buckeye fans will be very proud of uh, yeah. up in Ann Arbor next fall. So, yeah. And then this, is what, this is when this happens. These happens in close. This is like, Delay a long time ago. Daryl Rogers at Michigan State uh, in a banquet said, uh, "You know that that's why they call uh, the people in Ann Arbor arrogant asses and everything." He and and that that was in '78, and then Michigan paid him back for that comment in '79. It's always in these small groups of their alumni base or fans, whatever. Subway alumni in Ohio State's case, um, where all these kind of comments come out. You know, and I'm sure that was a trestle moment. You know, you remember when he was at, I, was it Saint, the new arena build or was the old St. John Arena when he said, I, you know, Buckeyes will make us proud in Ann Arbor. I mean, he's saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. And um, it's easier for, um, it's always great when the former coach says that. <laughs> he's got zero accountability, right? <laughs> he yeah. can just throw it out. That's like Urban Meyer throwing crap out. 
I mean, uh, it's there's no accountability, like I said, and uh, that's when that stuff happens. No doubt about it. And we're going to take now a uh, quick timeout from Michigan-Ohio State Talk. It won't take us but a minute to get back to it. I guarantee you that because there's plenty more to talk about. But we do want to take a moment to shout out the sponsor of our Tuesday night recruiting show and a longtime partner of the Wolverine in Lewis Jewelers. Simple question, guys. Is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than that of your wife? If the answer is yes, great news. Lewis Jewelers can help. It's stress-free and easy working with one of their non-commissioned expert trusted advisors finding that perfect diamond. So stop by today, guys, and fix the family issue. Lewis Jewelers, your diamond store, and so much more since 1921. Visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. That's L-E-W-I-S-J-E-W-E-L-E-R-S.com. That's Lewis Jewelers, where Ann Arbor gets engaged. And back to Tom Crawford, uh, who is going to watch the engagement of uh, the once again, Buckeyes and Wolverines uh, high noon on November 25th. This is a this is a different sort of engagement. This is a, a, a less happy and a less jovial engagement. This kind of engagement where you you uh, run into each other like those people crossing Stadium Boulevard, as you as yeah. mentioned. But one of the one of the uh, conflicts that will really be uh, watched carefully, not because they'll be on the same field at the same time, which they won't, will be potential new OSU quarterback Kyle McCord, and now Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State veteran. J.J. McCarthy. Talk a little bit about what you've heard about McCord, what, how, how you think um, he might react to getting his first start if, in fact, he's getting some competition, but he is the odds-on favorite. Uh, if he starts in that Michigan game versus a guy that uh, has really been through it the last couple of years. Yeah, well, they. Have, I watched the entire uh, Ohio State spring game. Yep, I did. Uh, keep your friends <laughs> close, keep your enemies closer. Right. I just wanted to see what it was like. And um, Kyle McCord was, you know, he's their most experienced quarterback. He's a junior. He's about six three, about maybe two twenty. He's your prototypical pro style. You know, he's not you know flickerfoot quarterbacks that Michigan has been threatened and and damaged by uh, past Ohio State quarterbacks, but. You know, it's like when you watch him in a spring game, you're getting base fundamental plays. What do you get out of it? I couldn't really tell a thing. Right. Uh, but he's the most, you know, they got the freshman Devin Brown, I think his name is a, is another guy who's going to compete with him. And they'll, they'll right. name a starter in August sometime. But, you know, the thing about the best thing about Kyle McCord is the guys he's throwing to Mecca Buka and obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, you got two guys. I mean, how can you screw this up if you have a decent arm? These two guys that I just mentioned, Puka and Harrison Jr., they are first-round draft picks, high first-round draft picks. They're going to have the fancy suits on next April or late April, early May, whenever it is, and they're going to be bouncing out there, and, um, you know, they're going to get drafted in the first, you know, probably in the first 12 or 14. I'm, I'm thinking these guys are incredible. So you got two great receivers. And then, you know, you have a decent running game as well. So, 
Um, I think he's I, I think he's going to be one of these um, manage the game kind of guys. I hate that overused term, but mm-hmm. I mean he's not going to be a play. You know, CJ Stroud is going to be out there and scare the crap out of you what he can do with his arms and his legs. But he's he's you know your classic pro style guy that is it's got to be. I mean he was you know highly recruited and and uh, he's experienced. He's he's played uh, several. You know he's. You know, I think he started in the Akron game one when someone Stroud was out and, and won the game, but that's Akron. But um, he's got experience, and um, I mean, I, I think he'll be decent. But is he JJ McCarthy esque? No way. There is a cavernous gap, in my opinion, at quarterback. The way it stands right now, it might change, but the way it stands right now, this is a big plus for Michigan. Yeah, I would agree. I will say this, as is always the case in the Michigan-Ohio State game, you never really face a freshman quarterback. You you mentioned the, the freshman and if he comes on, but either of these guys who plays is going to have an entire season of football under yeah. their belt as a starter when you get to that game. So uh, Michigan never really faces a rookie, uh, just a rookie in that game. And that that's enough. That's a big deal. But uh, they'll, they've always had that season under their belt. And the same thing for Michigan going against Ohio State with uh, first-time starting quarterbacks just like J.J. McCarthy uh, last year. So, you know, they, sometimes they can rise up and do big things, even in the opponent's uh, backyard. But I, Yeah, but you know, John, John there's, a, there's another L- – I mean, it just – it all depends. I mean, you can make a – an average quarterback look like he's, you know, he's ruling, he's king for a day out there. If you have it a balance with all that arsenal, I talked about the receivers, but you know, Travion Henderson is back a running back and, and Mayan Williams. I mean, that's a, that's a heck of a com. That's an alternate thing. Um, but that's, that though, that's experience. Those are, those are household names that are playing a lot of football for Ohio state and um, productive football for Ohio state. So if that offensive line gets clicking, and that, you know, they have that potent attack. And, you know, then all of a sudden, who's quarterback is not that rel. I mean, obviously, for the reasons I cited, you still got to be manageable, but it's not going to be that vital of an issue um, if, if, those, if they didn't have those weapons. All right. I'll just last word on that. Uh, watch out for Ohio State's offensive line. Our mutual friend, Jed Donahue, again, with us last week, says that could be the weak spot of this. Yes. Spot. I like so- it. We will see how that develops. I'm going to throw you right now what may be a bit of a softball question, but it's kind of intriguing in uh, in a different way because what I'm asking you, Tom Crawford, is is can you tell me right now that Michigan Ohio State will be for the Big Ten championship? And I let me let me tell you what I'm asking. That has to assume. That whoever comes out of that game, that first of all, uh, you're in a situation where the winner of that game is going to the Big Ten championship game. Secondly, you're assuming that whoever wins that game and goes to the Big Ten championship is going to once again mop up on the West. So as you sit here right now, are you going to make those two assumptions, Tom Crawford, and and agree with the notion that Whoever comes out of the Michigan-Ohio State game, the winner is going to be the Big Ten champion once again. Yeah, the, yeah. There's there, but there's two things to look at this. You know that yeah, they'll be the Big Ten champion, but they'll look. You know, 
listen, when Jeb was on last week, I threw this little nugget out. And I don't know if I'm going to double down on it when it comes to prediction time. But I said that Michigan has uh, – I came just short of, of, of declaring it, but I think Michigan could lose at Penn State. Penn State uh, is going to uh, lose at Ohio State, and Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. Uh, so you got your three-way tie. They're all one loss, right? And then how are you going to, how are you going to sift through all that to determine who's going to go to the Big Ten Championship? Then you have, depending on how they do, uh, in the the rest of their schedule, what if they're all unscathed in all the other games? I mean, you you have a couple of CFP participant uh, candidates there, at least one other one. Mm-hmm. And what if Ohio State goes? What if Ohio State has one loss, goes to the Big Ten Championship, and gets upset? You know, I mean, uh, and opens the door for somebody. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, it's going to be crazy because those three Big Ten teams, John, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. They're all going to be really, really good. I'm just going to say that. And they're all they're all going to be in the hunt. They're going to be in the hunt for a Big Ten title. And for Michigan, it's those last three games. I mean, let's be real. You got Ohio, you got Penn State on November 11th. Get the sandwich game. Look out for that, you know, trap game with Maryland on the road in College Park. And you got the Bucks coming back home for Turkey weekend. So, wow, landmines all over the place. It's how you finish. Lloyd Carr yeah. went about finishing, and you got to finish this season. Uh, that that big three, I mean, you're going to have such uh, highly anticipated, intensely watched clashes between those teams. And Michigan now has gotten some good news with regard to uh, their toughest road game of the year at Penn State. Uh, thanks to our friends at Fox Sports, uh, you've got a Fox big noon game at yes. Penn State. And that, I, I'm telling you what, that can make a world of difference. You've uh, you've seen what uh, the Penn State fans are like. I've been out there many times, and uh, for night games, for day games, it is literally night and day. Yeah, well, you know, Michigan won that in '97. They won that 3:30 game, where you start in the daylight, you end it in dark, like the Rose Bowl, right? And that was, you know, in the rain and everything. That, and so they got a little bit of the night action there, but they jumped all over Penn State so often, early and often in that game. It, it got a blowout city by halftime. Um, and then, but the 99 game, that was a that was a noon kickoff. And, and, and we saw uh, two years ago at noon, Michigan won that game late in the game. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take day games. I don't know what it is. Probably, you know, the, the the adult beverages have not kicked in and all that other good stuff and the whiteout and just that whole mystique and the noise and everything seems louder at night for some reason. Um, music on your car radio seems louder at night for some reason. <laughs> I have these only thing about night, you know, and I think it holds for the noise level at in State College. So I'm thrilled with that. Um, still, it's going to be a challenge. So and we don't we don't we just don't know we're. we're we're getting ahead of ourselves, but man, on paper, uh, based on the arsenal that those two teams have back that we talked about last week, I talk about Michigan, Penn State. Um, that's that first big one. But th- there's other trap games you still got to worry about, right? I mean, you can't take any of this stuff for granted. You don't know about injuries. You don't know about execution. Um, and and maybe Michigan just keeps getting better and better all year. By that time, they'll blow through everybody. Who knows? Of that. And part of the elements, a couple of the elements of that getting better and better is you look at who they've added through the transfer portal. You know, there are 
question marks and the and, but positives they've got uh these import offensive linemen that some of them have been uh uh finishing up some classes uh, like Ladarius Henderson yeah and others have come in and already impressed we talked about uh, Ernest Hausman over on the defensive side one guy that hasn't maybe got as gotten as much talk as some of those others is JJ Barner, the the yeah. tight end out of Indiana, and he's been nicked up at some points. But I'll tell you what, with the the tight end situation they have and what they've lost, you know, you've got uh, Colston Loveland uh, as the guy, probably the lead guy, as he was just a freshman last year, but he came up big in the Ohio State game. But A.J. Barner, with a a very veteran uh, young man out of Indiana, I I just get the feeling more and more that this is going to be a kid whose presence will really, really be felt if he can stay healthy. I mean, you had Luke Schoonmaker uh, sort of nicked up late in the season last year. But uh, if if Barner can stay healthy, I am predicting right now that he is going to make a big impact for this team. You know, it's funny with the transfer portal, kids make changes, switches, go to another team for different reasons. Jack Tuttle came to Michigan. I mean, he was playing in Indiana, but he wanted to be part of a of a of a national championship potential experience, right? And 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 then AJ Barner uh, wanted those reasons too. But more more importantly, he's seen what's happened at the University of Michigan of of of, of, of providing that link to the NFL. He wants to play in the NFL. He thinks he's good enough to play in the NFL. And he had almost 30 catches last year. But you're right, great point. He got nicked up. But he was a prominent player. I remember him playing. But think of the competition now tight end right now that Michigan has. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and A.J. was talking about what – and we're, you're here, you're hearing this all the time. You're down there at the coach at the coordinator meetings or the, the uh, PR things during the week. I'm not. I'm only on the weekends. But uh, people I – mean, he's raving about Grant Newsom already. And Grant Newsom is, you know, he's another one of these, you know, the tight end. He's one of these guys who's just up and coming, right? Um, but when you think about in that room with with uh, Colson Loveland and, and Max Bredesen, the former walk-on who's, who's uh, playing great, Matt, Matthew Hibner, I think, didn't he have a big game in the spring game? It's like, where's this guy coming from? Uh, yeah. I mean, that is, that despite, you know, that uh, departures at, at tight end, um, one onto the NFL, obviously, um, with, with Scooney. Um, wow. Another position, yet another position of strength. All right. So late in the fourth quarter of this particular Wolverine Live, we <laughs> put the headset on. We turn to Tom Crawford for Tom's take uh, on a particular topic of his choosing. And uh, Tom? What do you have for us today? I'll give you a couple of nuggets here. Uh, four years ago today, I believe I'm correct in this, May 30th of, of 2019, Juwan Howard, we were down there. We were sitting right next to each other. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, Chrysler on the floor announces the head basketball coach, okay? Four, four years ago. Hmm. God, is that, you know, sometimes I think it just happened, and sometimes that seems like, you know, he's been there a long time. But, I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, it's almost like we've got, you know, and, and that was like with it less than a, a year ahead of COVID. You know, I mean, COVID hit in March of 2020 when we were down at the Big Ten tournament and then wiped out that whole season. And then um, and then they win the Big Ten title the next year in a 
kind of a you know hybrid kind of year, no fans. And so I when I look back at Juwan, he's had an interesting four years, calendar years. No doubt. Uh, this one coming up is huge for him. It's big time. And yep. including a, a couple of you know necessary additions on the scholarship thing. He's got to get up to 13 to make sure he has a full arsenal. He's got kids, you know, got a big center out of Tennessee. He got the guard potentially coming from Toledo, blah, blah, blah. Might as well not mention names until they show up. Right. But, um, so that's one thing that sticks out of my mind. But the other thing that sticks out of my also basketball related is just paying homage to Duncan Robinson for mm. what he, you, know, you talk about resiliency and now he's going on to his, you know, he, he's already a uh, NBA champion and now he's back in the finals. He had, um, you know, he's had some, uh, the former Wolverine had some, you know, this year he didn't play a lot. All of a sudden there was an injury, a couple injuries and on a team that's filled with undrafted free agents and, and with Eric Spolstra and look, look what Duncan's doing. He's in, he's, he's out there making plays. They're, they're, they're getting the ball to him at crucial times. He's hitting big time shots. He had the big, he had some big time shots uh, the other night, you know, in game six. And then he missed a couple ones that we've seen him hit over and over and then I thought, oh my God! But then he had ten points last night, and they're going. They beat the Celts up in Boston, and they're back in the finals. That kid, you like him as much as I do. He was the nicest kid to cover. Oh yeah. And for the void, you know, we had Jordan Poole last year, Duncan Robinson this year. It always makes the NBA a lot sweeter, JB, when you got a former Wolverine out there to cheer on. There's no question, and not just uh, uh, a feel good from the standpoint of what he's accomplishing now. What a story. I uh, mean, amazing story. Amazing. He got to Michigan was uh, a former coach that, that yeah. knew Eli and he calls up and says, Hey, I, I got a guy for you. <laughs> Somebody yeah. Yeah. Interested in, okay, I'll take a look. And uh, there you have it. Uh, he, he comes to Michigan. He makes it big time. He goes to the NBA and people doubted then. And here he is uh, just absolutely um, living he's, he's making a, he's making a decent living. He is maybe. he's making a decent? He's got a ninety million dollar contract with eighty million guaranteed. Of, it, it's come a long ways from playing D three freshman year for Duncan Robinson. It's a it's an amazing story. I'm surprised people aren't grabbing onto this thing more than they have. No doubt. They thought he'd be uh, back out east stocking grocery store shelves. At one point. <laughs> he won't be doing that anytime soon. Tom, no. uh, heck of a lot of fun talking to you. Always. The whole Michigan-Ohio State thing and all the topics we cover. Yes, we're a ways away from uh, live action, but uh, it is uh, it is always a uh, joy to talk to you. And uh, on these topics where there is intense interest and it's only going to ramp up between now and the 1st of September. Always a pleasure to be on a privilege with you, JB. Look forward to next Tuesday night. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.